Lord and its rightful king. And that's, that's what he tells them will happen. So you and I need to be on watch. We need to be watching. We need to be looking at what is going on in our culture because the key to the future is always the past. You get to the future from the past. So if you want to know what these things will look like or any kind of future application of them will look like, you have to know history. You have to know what did happen. Being watchful does not mean, here's what it does not mean. It does not mean being paranoid and becoming a doomsday prepper, living out in isolation from society or community. It does not mean to engage in endless debates over the tedious details of prophecy. That's a waste of time. I mean, Jesus doesn't want us doing that. He wants us to be watchful. It does not mean wasting your time trying to figure out who the Antichrist is. Is it President Obama? I know some of you are thinking that. Stop thinking that way. Okay? It's not the Pope. It's not Obama. It's not some world dictator in uh, Europe. Jesus didn't say that. What Jesus said was, You need to live watchful and ready for me to return. Not to spend your time trying to figure out who the beast and the false prophet are, okay? So being watchful means that we live with a sober mind. We live in such a way as we obey Christ's commands. We remain faithful to him, and we make no concessions when it comes to the truth of God's word. No concessions at all. We stand for the truth in Scripture. We're watchful. Number two. You want to be ready when Jesus comes back. Maintain your vigilance or your watchfulness in the face of false starts. Okay, so I told you about my first kid, Tyler. We had all the time in the world. Oh, man, I remember when we were driving down, the contractions were so few and far between. We had so much time. We felt like we were in the hospital forever with him, even though it was only a little more than 12 hours. I think I actually did go through the drive-thru at Starbucks on the way down to Holy Family. That's how much time we had. With Hayden, our second kid, not so much. As a matter of fact, um, we had no plan. I wasn't prepared at all. I thought it would be just like Tyler coming. And so uh, about, uh, I think about a month or not quite a month, but a few weeks before he was even due, we hadn't, she hadn't even had one false uh, phantom contraction. And so she told me, you know, I'm starting to feel, it was about 11 o'clock at night. She said, I'm starting to feel a little contraction. And I go, yeah, good, good for you. I said, I'm going to bed. Wake me up if anything happens. I did. I went to sleep. And, and, and an hour later, she was shaking me, waking me up, saying, get up. I'm having the baby. And I was like, what? She said, I'm having a baby. I was like, that's good. That's awesome. And I just went back to sleep. She said, no, Jeff, I'm having the baby right now. And I woke up and I said, ah, ah, ah. And I did that for a minute and a half. She sat down on the floor, and she said, you need to call 911. I said, 911. And I found the phone, and I said, what's the number for 911? She said, it's 911, you idiot. I go, oh, yeah. So I dialed 911, and I called. And the lady, the dispatcher, you know how they always are. They're trying to be calm to calm you down. She said, please state the nature of of the emergency. And I just screamed into the word, into the uh, uh, phone, one word, ambulance, (laughs) ambulance. She said, sir, sir, do you need an ambulance? And I have the recording. It's on a a cassette tape. You should hear it. It's the funniest (laughs) thing you've ever heard in your life. When I die, you can have it. (laughs) And she said, oh, what's going on? I said, wife, baby, ambulance. (laughs) 
And she said, sir, okay, I understand your wife's having a baby. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to find some towels, get some water. I need you to put some water on those towels, make sure she's sitting on them. She's giving me all these instructions. I said, I don't need no, no towels. I need an ambulance and a doctor. And then I looked at Carrie, and Carrie's sitting there going, what are you doing? And I said, you, you wait, you wait. No, you're not having that baby in this house. You're going to wait. She said, I'm not going to wait. So the lady kept me on the phone, tried to calm me down. There was one point in which I went into total, I just looked like I was in anaphylactic shock or something. I just, like, I just couldn't even talk anymore on the phone. That's the hilarious part, really. And so the ambulance finally came, and those guys wheeled her out and put her in the ambulance. And as soon as they were driving down the road, I did not know this at the time I was following them, but as soon as they were driving down the road, they had my little blue-eyed, blonde-haired Hayden right there in the ambulance. It was awesome. And here's the point. The point is the first time with the first kid, I thought I had all the time in the world, and I did. But with the second kid, I did not. I didn't. And he caught me sleeping. He caught me sleeping. It was sudden and unexpected. And this is the analogy Jesus uses in verse 35. He says this, therefore, you better keep watch. You better wake up. Because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, evening, midnight, or when the rooster crows. If he comes back suddenly, do not let him find you asleep like Dr. Jeff. (laughs) What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch out. And I know that some of you might be thinking, well, come on, Jeff, it's been 2,000 years, man. 2,000 years, and he hasn't come back yet. And listen, that Jesus actually predicted in this passage and its analog in Matthew 24, the Olivet Discourse, he actually predicted that this would be the attitude that was prevalent in the last times. Did you know that? Jesus literally says this. He says this. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in those days... Before the flood, people were just eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage right up to the day Noah went into the ark. And they do nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. And that, Jesus said, is how it will be at the coming of Son of Man. He doesn't say this might be the case. He says it will be like this. Most people will be thinking, that's been been a long time. Where's, where's, Where's he at? Where's he been? And this is the kind of sort of lazy, easy believism that Jesus predicts will pervade the culture, and they won't be ready. They will be caught sleeping. Their attitude will be, ah, you know what? Wake me up if anything happens. Jesus says, don't be caught sleeping. In other words, it will be a time when people are just going about their business in a state of spiritual and moral slumber. I think we live in that time, don't you? I think it's unquestionable that we live in that day. So here's a conclusion. It is so important that we maintain our watchfulness and readiness and our vigilance, even in the face of false starts, even in the face of things that we think for sure. I mean, look at that whole thing with Auschwitz and Hitler, the killing of six million Jews back in the 40s. I mean, for sure that Jesus should have came back then. And even in the face of what we perceive to be false starts, we need to maintain our watchfulness and our readiness. And here's how we do it. We follow God's word and we live it out. Every week we try to give you guys practical advice on the scriptures to live out Jesus' teachings and obey his commands. We hold on to hope in the face of agonizing delays. And we maintain our readiness for his return. You know, the day that my dad died, I was 14 years old. And uh, 
I remember that day very vividly in my mind. My dad got up on a Sunday morning to go work some overtime because they opened up overtime at AMF, his welding firm. And uh, so he was going in to do some welding that morning and get some overtime. And I have often wondered, man, what was my dad thinking about when he got in the car on his way to work on that highway that morning? And that morning, I can imagine him thinking about how is he going to put two teenage boys through college? How is he going to start this new business venture that he had been planning for a while? How much money was he really going to have in retirement when he was done? And how much was that money really going to be worth when he did retire? And I can imagine him thinking about all these things out in the future. And then when that 18-wheeler crossed over the center line, that's the day Jesus returned for dad. And the only thing that mattered when he got up that morning, my friend, is whether or not he was ready for Jesus' return for him. And so that is my question for you today. Are you ready? Are you ready for Jesus' return? Can you really say this morning that you are? That you are living in such a way that is watchful, that is looking forward to the revelation of the Son of God? Because I'm going to tell you this, my friend, it could be at the end of the world as we know it, or it could be at the end of today for you, for me. Are you ready? Are you living watchful? Only you can answer that. Let's pray. You know, I know there's a lot of you here, and you're just skeptical. You're like, I'm not buying all this. I'm not the kind of person that believes in all this second coming talk and all this stuff. Listen, can I challenge you right now? Will you read the scriptures for yourself and read the times? Because it does look very much like we are living at the fulcrum of time. That we are living in a day when we could see the end of the world as we know it. And even if it isn't, even if the world goes on another thousand years, another millennium, I got news for you. Your number's gonna be up. Your day is already on the calendar. You just don't know when it is. So can I challenge you this morning to open your heart to Jesus, the Savior? Will you do that? Say something like this, God, I'm in this room today because I'm open, okay? I'm a seeker, and I want to know the truth. Will you reveal to me the truth? Will you help me to see with crystal clear eyes what the truth is? Because I want it today. If that's you, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit is convincing you of Jesus' death, his resurrection, and his imminent return. He is coming back. And you have the opportunity right now to be ready. If you want to be ready, pray something like this. God, I'm ready. Right now, sitting in this room, I confess Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I confess that he died for my sins and raised on the third day and was taken up to heaven at the right hand of the Father. And today I'm becoming a Christ follower, a follower of his teachings so that I may be ready for his return. Amen. And some of you in here, you need to commit yourself. You're a believer, but you haven't been living very watchful. Will you make that commitment right now that you will live ready for Jesus' return? Something like this. God, right now, I just want to confess my sin. I want to confess my laziness, my sleepiness, 
I've been asleep. And I want to wake up to the reality that you are going to return someday for me. And I want to hear good, well done, good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Hey, we're going to have the ushers come down. We're going to take the offering this morning. If you uh, brought your offering today, please prepare it. Guys, I want to encourage you. I do really think, you know, Kurt and I talked about this, this earlier this week. I do really think we probably are living in a time within the next century or so where we're going to see Christ return. But I'm not a prophet, and I'm not predicting that. And the scriptures forbid us to date predict. But as I'm watching the times, as I'm watching the scripture and cross-referencing it with scripture, I see, I'm not sure how it can get much worse in this world. I'm not sure how it's going to get much better without the Savior coming to save us. And so I want to encourage you, as you give and as we worship, uh, reflect on those words from Mark 13, okay? Let's worship. Awesome. Great song to end with because here's the deep theological truth in that song is that you in Christ, you are already dead. You don't have to fear death. You don't have to fear hell because you're already dead to this age and this system. You're alive in Christ. And so when Jesus comes back, his revelation is also going to mean the revelation of the sons and daughters of God. We will be what God says we will be. Amen? Hey, listen, I can't think of a better piece of advice I could give you to help you with the nitty-gritty stuff, to help you be ready for Jesus than this class right here at 1115, the New Believer class, our First Steps course. You get a free book with it, a free Bible. Uh, please attend that course if you want more information on that. If you made a commitment to Jesus today, pick one of these packets up off the back table. We'll have prayer councils up at the front, and communion is available on the sides. God bless you. Go and be watchful. Be ready, okay? God bless you.